Welcome to episode 212 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 212 of I Am, Co- I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Owls. I'm losing my voice. Yeah, it's Monday night, that's why. It's not usual time, is I it? No, I've, I've just taught a class at the gym and it was pretty busy. We had 175 people, which is good, but I went a bit crazy and I started screaming too much. Madness. So I'm, 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 yeah, the madness has begun, John. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofwai.com. I'm losing my head as well and I, for the world's best coffee... And Athlinks.com For the world's best friends That's right It's as simple as that John This week's show We've got some news We've got age group of the week We've got a website of the week High five slash coach's corner Got to get that slash in there So we had a high five sent in And I'm just going to add a few bits in there And you'll be able to add some bits in as well What's it on? It is on when you've got a newborn Or you're planning to do, If you're still planning to do Iron Man's When you're about to have babies A few oh, tips Yeah don't do it uh, <laughs> Questions and answers uh, News is probably brought to you by xtry.com And for latest news, reviews And interviews with the stars I'm going to not be able to talk by the end of the show yeah, You'll be fine no, I'll, give you, cut, I'll give you a cuddle You'll be okay, fine well, As long as I get that cuddle So first of all we had I'm in Brazil yeah. Brazil Brazil Roll that up Wait just a second Here we go Go And it's only just finished I mean it's not finished earlier today So we haven't uh, had a huge amount of reading on it But Luke McKenzie Great uh, Great race And he's You know he's a guy who's been Winning some of these You know he's really proven himself as One of the best what I'd classify second tier? second tier athletes. It'd be really interesting to see if he can uh, make that breakthrough, say at Kona or or some of the bigger races where you do have the, the real big hitters there. But you know he's he's making some good strides. He's, he really set the race up by um, by getting a three Animal minute lead and, and a three minute lead in the swim. Yeah. Um, but the swim looked pretty short. I mean, he swam forty two twenty seven. That's yeah. exceptionally quick. And you got a lot of other guys there swimming forty fives, forty sixes. So I'm going to say the swim was. Uh, Possibly a little bit on the short side. Yeah. Uh, so he swam 42, rode 426, great bike split, and then uh, ran a steady 254 for a course record 807.39. And he ran quite convincingly, didn't he? Good five minute learn one. He did. He had um, Oscar Galindez and Eduardo Stirler were coming at him on the bike, and they got to within uh, you know, around about two minutes, apparently. Um, and then when he they came away. off the bike, he, then he pulled away again towards the end. And then when they got off the bike, those guys didn't run very well at all. I oh, no. They Esquilabrales. <laughs> we had a technical fault then, but it's okay. We're back. He came, he came, he came through with a four two forty seven marathon fastest split of the day by the look of nice. it. And he uh, got he was five minutes down and eight twelve. Santiago Ascendo, Ascenso, I think he might be from Argentina. Um, and that uh, second pro there, thirty seven year old. And uh, you look actually you look down the list there. 29 is first, thirty seven second, thirty, thirty seven, thirty nine, thirty seven. So wow, some of the. Yeah. The uh, more mature pro athletes. Um, so Santiago Ascendo is third, Eduardo still the fourth in 8.20, and Oscar Galinda's fifth in 8.33, and the gloved man, Pete Babrusik, there in sixth place. Again, on the girls' side of things, who took it out? Good old Marcel, Teresa. Give us a, give us a female. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Didi Griesbach. Uh, Teresa Marcel and Didi Griesbach had a ding-dong battle. Um, a ding-dong, ding-dong battle, John. Ding-dong. Ding-dong. Uh, and they came off the bike uh, either... 
together or very, very close. And then uh, Theresa Marcel put the hammer down on the run, ran a 3.26, come home in a 9.19, which is a pretty respectable time. Yep. And Didi Griesbauer, often you see her at Kona really swimming strong and, and biking strong. She swam a 45.49 there, which is um, pretty competitive. I mean, uh, she's in front of the majority of the pro men, just a few in front of her. Good solid ride and steady run. And third female was Maria Omar, and Hilary Biscay was in fourth. That's interesting. Is that all the girls came in around each other with no guys around them? One, two, three, four, five. May not have been. You've got to remember these days the, the, the pro fields are probably not going to be as yeah, deep. That's true. Because you probably don't get the guys who just do the odd one off race racing pro, they're now going to be racing age groups. Okay, well, good old Tri Grand Prix, who uh, we actually gave a race entry to, good old Ollie the Sausage Man. <laughs> Ollie the Sausage Man. And uh, we love you, Ollie, so don't worry. Keep and be, feeling in love. Be great. So the, the first race, um, they've got two half Ironmans on this year, one in the UK, one in Spain. It'd be really good to get some feedback from anybody who raced over there because. Their sort of slogan is serious about athlete care, and it'll be interesting to know if they really delivered on that and they produced a, a, a great race or just a, another race much the same as the others. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to hear that. Um, I, I actually think they're pretty great because they've got a guy called Bevan on their website. So there yeah, you go. Bevan um, E. Bevan E. Bevan E, even better. Yeah. Um, okay, so Fraser Cartmel took it out. It had a pretty good feel too, didn't it? Some, some good names there. Scott Nietzsche. Yeah, but those some, some guys who didn't really perform that well. Um, so Scott Nietzsche was probably down there in about, I don't know, 15th place or so, and yep, Stephen Bayless was somewhere sort of similar. But Fraser Cartmel, he's one of the you know, better half Ironman athletes in the world, so um, good performance by him. Yeah, 26 swim. 357. 217 and a 112. Timo Bragg. Timo great athlete, and Clement Alonso, uh, and he's he's a name that pops up. I don't know a great deal about him, but you know, good steady field and uh, Amanda Hoisty, Joe Lawn. No, and that must be a typo because I'm sure I saw this morning that Joe Lawn won the race. Oh, did she? Um, in 4:36, and it's not actually separating the places. Leander Cave. Leander Cave. What? Yep, she was second in 4:39. And then Eva Ledsma. So who's this girl? I'm not quite sure. Amanda Hostie. I got an email through this morning saying that Joe Lawn won. So. Okay. Anyway, and also Julia Grad from Christchurch in fifth place. Oh, good stuff. She'd be yeah. with that. 4.46, not bad. Wow, that's really great. Okay, then uh, what else do we have? Austria, 70.3. We can't give these websites too much grief today because we are recording the show a day earlier. Yeah, and and actually, they've only, they've only just big happened. ups, big ups, because they're up there. Yeah, that's actually, true. Actually, we should be giving them lots of love. That's true. Yeah, good work. Try Grand Prix. Oh, they're going to show us the video? No. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so some half Ironman races there, and there was, uh, I think there was one other race, uh, Austria 70.3, that one over there. Hey, what a field it had. That had a very strong yeah, field. Yeah, I was looking at it before. Well, it was really awesome. The guys' race looked pretty exciting. The women's race, good old, oh, what's happening here? Well, you close that page. Oh. Try Grand Prix wants to show you their video. Oh, I, just, I can't close it. Why not? <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. They've put a bug on there. They've taken it over my computer. <laughs> well, let's hope that doesn't happen again. Um, uh, Good racing, yeah, on the girls and the guys' side of stuff. 0.02 between Cosmos. Oh, no. Let's pause the show. We've got to solve this problem, Ben. Oh, what are you thinking? I think I've done it. Yes. I bought the script. Yes. Nice. Anyway. Um, 0.02 of a second. Sprint finish. Sprint finish. Ron Van Vlerk and Van Vlerk got away for a while, but Cosmos chased her down. That's right. And boom to the end and big sprint. Must have been those funny beans we were eating, those chickpeas we were eating in. Oh, uh, I tell you what, the, the, what's the man's name? Is it chickpeas? Um, 
<laughs> it doesn't look good because he put a mean feet up for us. <sighs> Come to me in a second. Um, but anyway, they fed us these yummy oh, whole cook, sort of man. chickpea bean thingies with salt and oh, it was beautiful. That was a good feed, eh? That was a good feed. And we just, we're hopeless around food, yeah. but they weren't shy either. It was, no. great. It was great. So if I'm having a look and sprint finish with Eric Chamber, and those guys have been going head to head for years. I mean, that's when we did roads. Yep. When we did road, they went head to head and got the world record. But what was interesting is some amazing splits in this race because Karen Thurick, um, who's been a world time trial champion and, and is just a machine cyclist, now, let me get this right. She was nine minutes faster than any of the other girls wow. on the road. And those girls are not bloody no. weak riders. They're, they're good riders. strong riders. They're, wow. they're not the greatest swimmers, but they're great riders and great runners. Nine minutes. And so she was leading off the bike, and they caught her and disposed of her pretty um, handsomely. But she still she finished third. third, which is great. And uh, Sandra, Sandra Wallenhurst, and she's pretty fast. Mm. So mm. good result there for the girls. Guys, uh, sort of things. Philip Ospilay, um, he's a ITU, uh, former ITU athlete. I don't know if he's still racing on the ITU circuit. He's definitely been to at least one Olympics, I'm sure, possibly really? two or three. Um, took out McCormick. Took out but their, their run time was, I yeah, think... Yeah, 108. 108. 50. That so, is unbelievable. And that was a great field. So people, I mean, myself included, I sometimes think, oh, maybe Mac is sort of starting to get a little bit over the hill. Yep. But he's still, you know... He- He's right up there. No, he's right up there, John. Oh, we're back recording. We're having, having te- technical issues oh, tonight. Monday issues. Monday issues. Monday-itis, John. Yeah, Macca, he has been around for an awful long time, and that, that field there was bloody He has been around forever. I remember we got those YouTube videos of those Australian Grand Prix, whatever yep. it was called. What was yep. it called? Yeah, it was just a obviously Grand Prix, whatever, yeah. Yeah, and it was... Early nineties, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, he won a world title in ninety uh, seven. Yeah, um, and he was you know certainly right up there all, all those years leading up to that when I was involved in the sport. You know, from so when would have he started out? Probably about ninety three, ninety four. I'd be picking. So, so he's looking at nearly. Because I'm sure he was racing at the world champs in Wellington when I was there in ninety four. But was he competitive then? Oh, he was racing elite. Yeah, you know, so he wasn't winning or anything like that. But he was probably winning from about. 95, 96 onwards. Wow, so he's been around mm. forever, isn't he? Yeah. And he, but the thing is, not just someone who's been around, like you see these guys who have been around turning up to the old, you know, second tier races and still doing all right, mm. but Mac is still up there, isn't he? Like, yeah. And Kona, you know, last year he, he had a bit of a tough year, but if things gone right for him, he could have won it last yeah, he's year. He still finished fifth, yeah. yeah. So um, Andreas Rayler was third, Marino Van Honak a fourth, Dirk Bockel fifth. What a field, great Michael hey. Weiss, who, who won um, St. George recently. Yep. So very strong field, and uh, good, good to see it happen. It is good to see it happening. It's good to see these guys going towards these races because they obviously knew it was going to be a pretty good field. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just great racing. Whatever we see in Austria, 70.3 did. Well done on getting such yeah, a strong field. Good stuff. Okay, so coming up this weekend, John, we've got a few random ones. What are they? We've got a few races off k226.com. It's great to see that k226 is keeping up to date and they seem to be covering Who pretty much it? every... Who does it? Don't know. If, I, if anybody knows, let us know because I'd like yeah. to give them some love. They yeah. don't really have an About Us button on there. No. Cook it, Ed. Sorry? Do you click it in when you go on there? Um, I'm going to click it in right now for them. But anyway, there's, there's three new races that I don't think we've mentioned before. We start now, we've been doing this for a few years, we start to come up yeah. with the ones we see year after year, but these ones I don't think we've seen before. So we've got the Bachus in, uh, in France, which looks like it's part of a, um, a whole series. We've got the Wasserstad Triathlon in Germany, um, which is... You know, There's long distance. Plenty, yeah, they are all got to be iron-distance races to be on K226. And an interesting one that I saw on there was the, the Groenman, which is in the Netherlands, and this is a race they only hold every five years, which is interesting, and they've been going since, uh, I think they said on their 1985. Oh, man, yeah, just... just. 
So three non-WTCI men races on this weekend, no WTCI men's on this weekend. Every five years. Lots of uh, 70.3. Switzerland 70.3 usually has a reasonable Hawaii. field. Um, pretty sure Hawaii's on this weekend. I'll put that in there, I'm almost sure. But the big news of the week. Okay, Joel, what's happening in the ITU this week? Heading to Madrid. I've been to Madrid. I love Madrid. It's a nice uh, course. I was there last year. Really tough. I'll go back next year too, actually. Yeah, go for the race. Yep. It's a tough bike course. You know, you do multiple laps. So it's uh, last year they didn't have any groups sort of getting away on the bike but it's a kind of course where it really does tie your legs out so the weaker riders will probably get found out probably keep up but they'll get found out a bit on the run and Brownlee's uh, apparently making his comeback so that's going to be very interesting to see if he's at the same level that he that he has been last year and but a number of the top athletes are sitting this one out because the high v um elite cup is coming up (laughs) which is why why would you sit there big money really so what's big money uh, I think it's uh, it's either a hundred or hundred and fifty thousand, or maybe even two hundred fifty thousand for first. When are we going to have a million dollar race? How that, far away do you think? Last is? year they had a million dollar week where they had the High V World Cup one weekend, and then the following weekend they had uh, the just a, the World Championship Series race, and that was a million dollar week. There was a million dollars in prize money. No, but let's say to how many years? Yeah, will it be before triathlon has a million dollar winner? Don't know. I just inflation. It's got to get there eventually. It's going to get there eventually, but I've got to. You've got to. They've got to do it at Coney, haven't they? I mean, yeah. You've got to be. There's got to be enough market out there now where a sponsor can come on board and say a million bucks. Yeah, and that would get some kick-ass pro oh, coverage, I reckon. Yeah, that I would think million bucks. Yeah, you guys would give it a shot, wouldn't they? Some yeah. of them would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to get in there. Yeah, yeah. I would. Be interesting. I'd be up there. I'd, I'd, I'd be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be doing it. I get a discussion a week. So last week we had a discussion, and it was a really good discussion, actually, John. Um, should be Kona entries basically be based on country qualification? So you'd have to go through your country's organisation, kind of like what happens with Olympic triathlon, yeah. that where you'd have to qualify through your country's qualification process, not through the Ironman go to a race type of thing. Yeah. So do you want to start? I'll do the big, big Kona first. Vegan got in there because I can't read. He said, "Say there's uh, 1,500 slots. He reckons uh, 1,400 would go to America. That's a very G- good point. <laughs> Germany would get 50, UK yeah. would get five, and the rest of the world about 45. Yeah, that's actually that's fairly, fairly true. true. Um, he said it'd be chaotic if it did happen. Each country would uh, would, would each country get at least one slot per age group per sex. Suddenly, it's uh, just going to be a big Moldova. Or one would you send a, sl- a slot to Moldova? Uh, he said it wouldn't work um, in any shape or form, even if the slots were only awarded to countries holding Ironman events. It wouldn't work. And you simply stop people from from other countries going. So he went on to say a few other things. Okay, Andrew um, Brin Surge. Sounds like a good idea. They could have, say, for example, uh, no one country would be allowed 15% of the total, but then it wouldn't be the best field in Kona, which it would, should be for the world champs. Mm, feel cool. Yeah. Uh, what may be a nice idea is that you have to wear your country's kits. I think that would be cool. That would be nice. Yeah, because I have to admit, when I did Kona, we got a free Nike kind of t-shirt, and it was a nice t-shirt. And, and, but I think New Zealand is one of the few countries that, that does that, where an effort. they get all the New Zealand qualifiers together. I think probably just from New Zealand. I don't know if the, the other qualifiers from outside yeah, get invited. Um, and they have a little breakfast. And, uh, and your Cam and Joe yeah. and those guys are there, so you kind of feel special because you get to meet the real guns. Yeah, and, and a t-shirt. But you get a nice t-shirt and stuff. But it would be cool to turn up to Kona and have a New Zealand outfit. 
for yep. you know and I feel agree. like you're representing your country mm-hmm. you know because you go to the ITU <clears> races and you get all that, that special buzz I feel you've got to pay for it all buddy <laughs> still um, Chris Leach sure great idea but it'll never happen with the WTC in charge unless maybe you could allocate slots by country based on that country's GDP or better yet countries would trade slots like carbon offsets nice nice uh, oh wait it doesn't happen either nice truthfully WTC is going to milk Kona for all it's worth and a country system would only work if it increased their bottom line. Nice. Uh, if non-WTC races can contest an iron distance race, why can't ITU? Securing venues would be a challenge, but not much more so than um, ITU long distance world champs. Do you ever see ITU going and doing Ironman distance? I don't think so. No, I think um, there is that qualification. I mean, as we'll go into in a moment, there's a qualification ish- issue. Um, but I just I don't think... Kona's too big for them to, to come it's at, I think. It's, yeah. And... Uh, Note, this is from Ventura. Uh, no, it should be the world champs. should be the best of the best in their categories, regardless of what country they are from. Now, if they want to add an iron distance triathlon to the Olympics, I'm all for that. Then you could qualify by country. Mm-hmm. That would be cool, wouldn't it? It would be. wouldn't be much respect. Because mm-hmm. no, the Olympics is great, because you watch a sport for 20 minutes and they chop and change. Mm. So it could be happening all day. Yeah. And, you know, and that could be quite cool. Uh, Graham McCullum, uh, no. How would you select the top age group from your country if you qualify at different races? Also, the different months uh, the qualifying races take place means you may not know if you're play, uh, about your place until a month before. Other than that, a good idea. Oh, that's a really good point, isn't it? Yeah. Mm, I'm yawning a lot tonight. Jan Miha, Dan Miha, I should say. Logistically, it wouldn't work in age group ranks, as others have pointed out, but it would be cool in the pro ranks. This could definitely work uh, and would work well to set the limits of the field size in Kona, which is something they should do. Sort of like what the ITU do, you do where you have to get some points in the World Cups in order to race the boys in the series. What's a world championship without your country's colours on the front of your jersey? And what does each winner grab when they run up the finishing shoot? The country's flag. It's true. Good patriotic there. Yeah, that's right. Okay, John, your thoughts? I tried to come up with a solution here, but I, uh, I couldn't. And I, I, I like. And you want it too, don't you? Well, I, I like the principle of it, as you said. You know, I'd much rather be over there racing for your country, have a team set up, and and just get a bit of uh, you know national pride, pump the chest up a little bit. But I, I couldn't figure out a way to do it. The way the reason it works at ITU level, um, say for Olympic qualifying, is there's lots of races and you can get a point system going. But for Ironman, you can only race you know one other race yeah. a year or so. And so, like Graham was saying, you know, like if you know you don't find out a month before the race, the airfares are going to be a lot more expensive and, mm. and things like that. So I, the only way I could vaguely figure out that you could actually make it happen is to make it a selection, and then you maybe do it say. A season ahead, so you know you might say, well, at the end of Kona, um, you actually qualify for the following year, yeah. And maybe you'd say you'd have, de- you, for your country, would designate maybe three different races, and you had to do one of those races to be considered for selection, and then it'll be a selection issue, and then you're going to have all sorts of crap going on because you're not going to be comparing things on a like for like basis, and yep. people are going to get um, put out of joint a little bit, so. Uh, I, I thought, you know, whilst there is no perfect system, is, there, is the answer, isn't no, it? And, and ITU don't do it right. Well, I think for ITU side of things in New Zealand, it's too easy to qualify. There's too many spaces, and, yep. and it, it's lost its prestige to some degree. Sure, the guy, the, a lot of the top guys are going are fantastic athletes, but you know, there's a lot of oh, athletes. Careful here, John. No, there's a lot of athletes who come into triathlon the first season. They'll qualify, yep. and and they haven't even been doing triathlon for six yep. months. Yep. So I think that's a little, you know, you've got two different systems there, and. There's no perfect answer. I, I, I do think one thing that they could do, I know they have the Parade of Nations in the Kona, which is kind of a token country thing, but 
they definitely could do more to make you feel like you're representing your country in Kona. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it is the world champs, and it, 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 it is a sport, uh, at least height distance-wise, which doesn't really focus on countries as such. But, A, if the thing is making more profit, I'm sure if they sold, you know, Ironman, Kona, New Zealand jerseys, all the Kiwis would get them. Yeah. And I'm sure if they, all the Americans would get them as well, because... It is, you know, like when you represent your country at something, it's, you know, even if it is just as an age group athlete, it is significant. Mm-hmm. And you do feel it's pretty special. And to me, to qualify to Kona is, is harder to go to the World Champs than ITU as an age grouper. I think to qualify it is, to do well at each of them, I think, is Oh, to is, do well is comparable. Totally different. Yeah, yeah, to get a medal yeah, or something yeah, is comparable, yeah, but yeah. to qualify... To qualify, but, you know, like, for me to get to Kona was a more of an achievement for me to get to World but that's, for, that's a New Zealand example. If you go to the States, completely different to qualify for their team for the Worlds is uh, is very difficult for... for is it? It's just short, isn't it? Because they've got the same number of slots as New Zealand. And mm. So I suppose the thing I would like is that if we could somehow be recognised as being representing our country and going to Kona. Or at least given the option of doing it. Maybe say, you know, get get somebody like Champion Systems or somebody like that on board and say, well, if you're racing for New Zealand, this is a New Zealand outfit and you can, yeah. choose, you can choose to buy it or not yeah. and you can choose to race it. I mean, you can say you're racing for your country. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you, you know, when you go to Kona, you look at where you are with the New Zealanders, don't you? Oh, yeah. You know, were you the first Kiwi? Non-pro? Oh, it's pro though. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, but then you're also a bit of camaraderie. You know, if you're going past another Kiwi, yeah, you go, I'm going to yeah. kick your ass and yeah. say, "Well, come on, keep it going. Just stay behind me, but keep it going." Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I would like to see more country. What's your funny one, Bevan? Okay, well, so I was, I was listening to another podcast the other day, John, and one of their listeners had sent through saying that they were the Lennon and McCartney of the podcasting world. The Lennon and McCartney. You know who those two are? I'm familiar with those. Yeah, two. I'm, I'm glad because I would have been hugely disappointed in you. Yeah. But so I thought we'd do a lighthearted one this week. What are the duo that John and I can be compared to? Compared to, <laughs> in, the, okay. in another world. So, if they are the Lennon and McCartney, John and I are the Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Well, the people says what know that. <laughs> maybe, maybe um, Bonnie and Sheer. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So I'm not going to know any of the people you're going to compare us against. But, but, but you know what's going to happen? Me in. Oh, we're going to get a lot of crap this week, John. And I'm, I'm, I'm putting my, my tough skin on because I'm sure I'm going to get a bit of a hard time. But that's okay. <laughs> Because so, who are Batman and Robin? Batman and Robin, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're talking about. So Batman and Robin, that's what John and I are. But who do you think we are? Love your work. Okay, let's put some music on. You know what, John? What? This week's show is not going to be now forty-five. It's not. <laughs> I'm putting money on that. <laughs> okay, here we go. We're getting close. Oh, what? We're getting close to my bedtime already. Okay, here we go. Age group of the week. And this week's age group of the week was sent through from good old Jared Warbridge, and he wants to nominate his partner, Lisa Barry. And I think this is almost the third or fourth week in a row where we've had people there's a, there's a nominating love partners now. or. It's a little love, Because you know wives. what we do? We promote love on this show. Mm. And it's a good thing. And this show could almost be the love show, couldn't it? Okay, who's... Oh, no, 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 not really. No. Uh, his partner, Lisa Barry, is an amazing athlete. And John actually will, will, will confirm this because he goes, before we even put it on, this woman's a bloody nut bar. That's right. You are, and you'll find out why. On Sunday, she will complete her 100th marathon at the Cots World Marathon in the UK. En route to 100, a number of 100, she has gone through some amazing highs and lows. 
Just after Marathon 50, she discovered she had, whoa. Celiacs. Celiacs. That's a funny spelling, isn't it? It is a funny spelling. Yeah, disease. While she was, this was initially hard for her, ultimately made a massive difference to her running. The other big hiccup uh, happened just after arriving at the airport for Van- in Vancouver for the World Champs in 2008 when she fell whilst carrying her rucksack and badly broke her pelvis. This led to eight months off running. Anyway, after racing well last year, when she did 34 marathons. That's not bad. Only missing the podium twice. Wow, so she's really good as well. She has got to the magic number and will be able to join me, the 100 Marathon Club. As well as this, she's supported me through years of Olympic and now Ironman training. I hope you'll consider Lisa for your age group of the week. That is phenomenal. So it's, not it? tri- it's not triathons, but we, as you've given said, we're, we're a show that loves all, we, we, all, all we spread the love. athletes. And hey, she supports them. That's true. And, and Murray Lett, we've tried to get his, his wife as age group of just for, for support, didn't he? Yeah, no. When, and it wasn't good enough. No. You've got to have done something special That's athletically. True. And 34 marathons in one year, John. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. I'm doing my first one this weekend and I'm... I'm planning on not doing much for three weeks. We'll talk about that later, but I'm I'm quietly confident. Quietly confident? Yeah. Nice, nice. And uh, but 34 marathons in one year is, uh, even if you just cruise. Well, the thing is, she's not cruising. Tough. She's, she's podiuming. She only missed the podium twice. So out of 32 races, she podiumed. Nice. You know, and, and like, sure, you, and that, I'm sure she's had some pretty Mickey Mouse marathons where she was yeah. easily won. But if you're doing 34, you're turning up some good races, aren't you? Mm. I don't wow, know. Wow. So that's. Uh, 100 marathons. It's not something I aspire to myself. But uh, it's an impressive feat. Well, it's something you can do, but isn't it? If you run a lot, yeah, you know, and you do Ironman, like a lot of travel. It is well, a lot of travel. It, mu- it must be. Um, how many marathons you could do within the radius of Christchurch? You go to three or four. Four, yeah. Through four. It is a lot of travelling, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, granted, there's still a lot of races in the UK, but that's um, that's impressive. Impressive. I wonder feat. what the world record for the most marathons. I'm going to find that out, John. Okay, and I think Jared may have raced an Iron Distance race a couple of weeks ago. I think he do. He was the one who did that Iron Cat. I could be wrong there. Most marathons. Okay. Oh, okay. This isn't really nothing to say. So let's uh, okay. move on. Um, okay. Well, wait a second. Lisa Barry, you are uh, a trooper of the week. week. And sorry, I have oh, one more thing you to say. Talking. So back in <laughs> back, back in seventy two, um, one request we're doing, as you know, we've got our new website coming up. So when you do send through oh, yeah. um, age group of the weeks, can you please try to send through a picture? Because then we're going to be able to put the pictures on our new. We're going to put the picture on the website. I've got a good old Wikipedia here, John. Most. What's the current all-time top ten? Two fifty-three. Two hundred three fifty-nine by Haley Gabriel Selassie. He's just a he's a freak, isn't he? In, the, in Berlin in two thousand eight, and then the rest are all sort of two hundred fours. Thirty seconds in front of the rest of them. Yeah. Impressive. What's this woman's world record? I think it's about two seventeen, isn't it? Two fifteen. Two fifteen. She's wow. That's that's phenomenal. She's three minutes faster than anyone else. That was very impressive. That is that's freakish, isn't it? That's pretty good form over there as well. She was, but she, she she stopped and pooed, didn't she? Sorry, she stopped and pooed. Don't know that one. Yeah, well, maybe she stopped and peed, but it was big news in the UK. Mm. I'm pretty sure she did stop and poo, but you know UK what? UK listeners, verify that for us. Don't don't don't, don't 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 trust me on that one. No, they haven't got the most that anyone's ever done. So again, this is great podcasting. Great podcast. Okay, let's put some music on, John. Let's put some music. Here's some music. Website of the week. week. And this week's website was sent through by yours truly. 
It's me. Oh, it's you. Really? <laughs> Yours truly sent through this website. It's called www.usms.org, uh, which is US Masters Swimming website. And the reason and I submitted this for website of the week. Good on you, John. I'm going to put a photo of you on the website. <laughs> was because I often get talked about pool etiquette and things like this, and this had a couple of good articles on there. Um, firstly, on pool etiquette. By and Phil Whitman. By Phil Whitten. Whitten. And... Just lane designations, swimming patterns, joining a workout speed, how you should pass people. Passing is a big one, isn't it? Passing is a big one. Passing. So, um, yeah, just a few kit tips there. And also, if you click back one there, Bevan, the other good article that I saw on there was on... Using a pace clock? Using a pace clock. And that's something a lot of people really struggle with. So it explains a little bit of the terminology and just explaining how the pace clock works. When you're a swimmer, it just becomes so in tune. You go, you know, I'm doing the set on... 2100s, I'm doing 5 on 145, 5 on 140, yep. 5 on 135, and 5 on 135. And you know the feeling of each speed, don't you? And you know the feeling, but you know, you just learn to just look up the clock and you know exactly what you've done and just sort of, just it's simple stuff. Are you swimming at all now? Uh, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to have to start all of a sudden uh, next week because I've got to get ready for Poland. Um, <laughs> but I think that's that's a really important one. It's also got some pacing charts on there as well, and they're pretty straightforward ones, just splitting distances up. Uh, and it's got the... One thing I don't agree with there, they've got the circle swim diagram. Go and, let's have a look. And it's just explaining, you know, swimming circles, you know, go, going down the right and coming back. Why don't you agree with this? Well, because... I look at the wrong way around. Well, no, well, they have to start with. In New Zealand, we tend to go down the left and come back. No, but look, they're swimming against each other. Exactly. See, that's, that's, that's the issue. That's, but that's what happens everywhere else in the world, Bevan. Oh, People really? don't think like us. That's Kiwis. We've got, we're, we're brainiacs yep. because what we do is we do the circle so that you're basically not going to hit arms against people coming across the other direction to exactly. you. Why wouldn't you do that? It's... Because it's easier for numbskulls to just get in the pool and everybody goes the same way, but you do hit arms, whereas we alternate. Oh, each, and each you, can do, you can do your shoulder. Oh, you can crack it. And you know time. it, yeah. And if you've got paddles on and stuff, and oh, you're especially doing Especially when you've got big arms like John and I. Oh, yeah. Oh, we destroy people. Guns! <laughs> we destroy them. <laughs> so anyway, I thought it was a good little one there for, um, if you want, if you're struggling with the pool etiquette, or if you're going to join a squad and you're a little You know worried. what, if you're new to swimming, because I, look, I, I, I was in a swimmer oh. when I came into the sport, and I remember going to the, my first squad, and Hayden Woolley's mum, who sadly yeah, passed yeah, away, yeah, but yeah. she was taking a session and she said, well, you look fit, but you don't look like a swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, I was scared shitless because I just didn't know what I was doing. Time. You know what I mean? And, and I couldn't even swim at that stage, so it was pretty ugly. And, you know, and, and something like this, it just helps you to break down those barriers. Well, if you've never been swimming before, and I, like a, tonight at running, I was coaching and I had a lady come along the first time and we were doing, say, six, eight hundreds on the track to send one to three, yeah. four to six. What Most does that mean? would understand that. And it's like... I don't even know what 800 metres is. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm saying, go up the stairs. And, and, and things like passing. Like, I remember when I first went swimming, there was a guy in front of me, and I thought, oh, he's pretty slow. I'll take him. But I was obviously drafting pretty well off him. Yeah. And I overtook him, and I died. So I pretended I had to go to the toilet, got out of the water, and totally. did the toilet so, stop trick. Have a read up of that before you're about to join a squad if you're a bit unsure of yourself. Okay. One, two, three, four, high five. And good old, good old Greg fishes in through this one. He's this come out of the archives a bit. Oh, jeepers, August the 19th, that's my birthday, John. Oh, there you go. Oh, beautiful. Good old Greg sent through and he said, last year I entered Ironman Canada for 2009, knowing that we were expecting a baby in December 2008. I am not certain I properly thought through the implications of training for an Ironman with the new baby daughter in the house. I learned some tough lessons along the way and I thought they would make a useful high five. Jeepers, John, this was a long, long time I've, ago. I've highlighted them. Oh, sorry. You go yeah, ahead. it's like a year ago almost. 
Oh, rubbish, we're not near. Oh, I suppose it's coming up. <laughs> but Greg, I've got a good filing system. It stays in there. And you, you get on there eventually, and all of those triathletes planning on having children during their Ironman career. Well, you may not listen anymore. Oh, you may not. No, surely everyone who joins up and listens forever, John. Surely. Surely. That's what the stats tell us. Surely. Uh, so you anyway, go one for one? Yep. So, number one, think very carefully about entering Ironman if you're expecting a child and discuss in detail with your partner. He's um, done some lengthy... I'll paraphrase a little bit. If I were to do it again, I would have stuck with half iron distance races. Yeah, that's definitely in, in year one of my daughter's life. Okay, second, uh, number two, focus on your training uh, on one day, end of the day. I focus your training at the one end of the day. So either basically get up in the morning, get it all done in the morning, or stay late, get up in, at the end of the night and do it all within. So you can give your family attention at the other end of the day. Yep, so I'd agree with that in saying... You could possibly get two workouts in, um, but make what the second workout like a short one, maybe like a thirty-minute run or something yep. like that. But it's uh, yeah. Anyway, number three: know your key sessions versus, the, versus those that are not so important. Um, knowing what could be dropped or moved in a baby crisis rose was very useful. He worked in with his coach, and that came out yeah. fantastic. So knowing when he had a little bit of uh, freedom there. Number four, which John hasn't actually. Um Highlighted, but I've done my piece. I've done my piece. Earmark the really big training weekends so your partner knows early where I'm going to sneeze. Don't don't tell your partner on a Thursday (laughs) evening that, by the way, I have a 150k ride followed by a 60 minute. You know what you get there, John? You know what you get? The angry look. You do. Does Belinda give you the angry look? She probably she doesn't so much give the look. She she verbalizes it. Really? Because Joe gives me the look. I've only had it a couple of times. Yeah. But because I've only had it a couple of times, you know when you get the look. Yeah. And I just shut up and go, "Sorry, honey, I'm wrong." Yeah. And in that situation, you would be wrong because that's unfair. It is. That's actually that's actually being irresponsible and, and get your plan and taking your partner for piss. So you know, like really make sure you you know you, they know what you're doing. And that's where, if, if, if anything, you could actually think about having um, a. You know, a training diary on your fridge so your yep. partner can actually see what's up ahead. Totally. And it takes responsibility off you. It does. <laughs> Did you not look on the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> Number five, ditch some of the additional indulgences. Um, I used to love having breakfast with my training buddies after a long ride on Saturday, but since the baby's come along, he's decided to drop that so he can get home and have some quality time. Okay, incorporate family into some of your training sessions. As my daughter has gotten a little bit older, she loves to be in the outdoors. In the last few months, I've often planned to finish a run or ride at the park, a lake, or a coffee shop. It's you like that one, don't you? I do that one. Yeah. Well, let's go dance and I'll, and I'll bike over there. And yep. And like, like at races, if I know I'm racing and if it's a reasonable day, I'll make my own way out there and they'll maybe come out and just watch the race and then we just sort of hang out there afterwards as well. Great. Number seven, remember to say thank you. Remind yourself of what doing an, doing an Ironman is a privilege and the way your partner is making big sacrifices oh. to enable you to do it. Say thank you in a big way. <laughs> <laughs> If only you guys are what you did then. Okay, so I think this is a huge one, eh? Because being a partner of an Ironman is hard work. Yeah. Really hard work in any situation because we're, we're pretty self-focused. We're very consumed by a sport that's so selfish. Up, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're in a sport that takes up a lot of time and energy. Mm-hmm. And often when we get home at the end of the day, we just don't have that energy. And so... You know, you've got to give the love back. And sometimes when you're tired, you actually have to give a lot of stuff back as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and that's before you add the kids into the equation. So, um, yeah, you can't say thanks enough to your partner. And uh, so a few tips that I've had on there. Um, totally depends on your partner you know, in this situation. For a lot of people, I'd say just drop Iron Man, period. Don't even think about yeah. doing one. But some people have partners that are really supportive and they're pushing them into it and say, and, fantastic. And it also depends on your lifestyle. Like for me... 
because I don't work a lot, and if I want to go back to Ironman and had a kid, yep. I could probably make it work. Yep. You know what I mean? Because I only work about 15 hours a week, so I could I could make it work. Probably wouldn't be ideal, but I could train for three or four hours during the day, have energy at the night and morning, so yep. it does depend on your life situation as well. Exactly. So number one, my number one, I've got actually five here as well. Number nice. one, depends on your partner and your situation. Very, very variable. But yep. for a lot of people, as I said, I'd say just drop it. Yeah. Otherwise, something else is going to give. Yeah, but when, oh, I suppose you may, well, when you're saying when you drop it, it doesn't mean you drop sport. No. And so you just, be, like John, he's gone to doing some, you know, short course stuff, yep. a marathon, and as much as a marathon sounds like big training to most people in this, in this Ironman world, we know that, you know, marathon training is bugger all, really. Mm. And so with a kid around, you can get your hour running, and, you know, every day, and then yep. maybe one during the week and one long one on the weekend, so... And speaking from experience, um, when you have just got one child, it's um, it's not totally unex- unrealistic to train for an Ironman. I, I did it with Thomas, so, um, the first one around, but again, I've got that flexible situation. Yep. So you need to have an understanding partner. As Bevan said, if you've got a flexible work setup, I don't think it's unrealistic as well. If you can train yep. during the day and still be there in the mornings and the evenings, or most mornings and most evenings, and a bit of that depends on how well your kid sleeps. Um, and as Bevan said, you know, he could probably go and do an Ironman um Another one now, if he had another kid. Yeah. But expectations need to be in line with that. He's probably yeah. not going to be able to train the same level no. that he did before, and I'm, I'd be in the same position. And if you're looking to, to constantly trying to get faster with a child, if you haven't got a flexible job or lots of time to train, it's just not realistic. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Or highly unlikely it's going to happen. Um, yeah, and, and it's that whole the choice of having a kid is, is like for me, and it's probably the same for you, is, like you love your partner. And, but when you have a kid, it's the first time in your life where it's really not about you. Mm. You know, like when you have a partner, you, 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 you have your give and take and all the rest of it. When you have a kid, um, it's the first time in your life where you go, wow, I'm not number one anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to know that before you have a kid. Oh. Yeah, you know what I mean? Understand. Yeah, and, and even you, you talk to people who have just recently had kids, and they go, oh, "I thought it was going to be so easier," but then once the kids there, mm. and so you, you've got to be prepared. Like in, in um, um, who sent the email? Good old Greg's situation. You know, he planned for the Ironman before he had the kid. Probably thought it could be easy, yeah. and, and life changes as soon as you have a kid, and so you have to be willing to go. You know what? I'm not number one anymore. Mm-hmm. And and if you are being a little bit selfish, you've got to actually look in the mirror and go, "Well." You know, why, why did I have a kid? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's a big thing. It is. Yeah. Um, my advice when number two arrives is pretty much forget about Ironman. Um, again, if you want to keep improving, you can still do Ironman, and there's lots of cases of people that still do it. But if you're, a, if you're looking to be a higher-level athlete and you want to keep improving, number two really throws a spanner. Really? So tell me about number two. Well, you just you don't that you, you're well, in my situation is I'll be looking after one a lot more, and yep. then Belinda will say look after Felicity. So yep. you just you, your time just it's just more energy, it. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and uh, so there's just not the time to to put in training, and it's just if you do, it's uh, unless you've got a unique situation where either you don't work or you, you work bugger all, it's it's going to be very very difficult to fit everything in. Or to do things properly. If you decide to go out and train, then you're going to be a shit ass partner. Yeah, and you're going to screw that up. So tricky one. Um, number four, um, this would be advice if you are going to carry on doing training, go away, fly. Fly away. <laughs> fly away. Um, you've got to think about doing things how you can buy, almost buy back some time so yeah. your partner's not going to get really annoyed with you. So you know, doing cooking, doing cleaning, doing things that are going to make... It can give them time to go to the gym, yeah. to, to have some time for themselves, go to coffee with their mates and get them away from the kids as well and mm-hmm. actually have some of their own time. Yeah, totally. And if you can do all that sort of stuff and, and you 
be proactive with that in terms of organising childcare or just making it happen. Yeah, it's not that they're bugging you. It's like, hey, babe, how about you have coffee with your mates? I'm going to do the kids today. Yep, and, yep. Uh, and, then, and that way then maybe you do get a little more freedom to, to get some training in there. They talk, they talk about, if you read a lot of um, um, relationship books, which I do read, <laughs> but they talk about the emotional bank yeah. and basically do you just always make withdrawals or actually are you putting deposits in that bank? And, and if you're thinking about the emotional bank in this situation, it's really true, you know. We, we, as, as I mentor athletes, we do tend to take a lot of withdrawals from the emotional back of our relationship. And, and this is not just for people with kids. It's something that all of us need to really consider is are we putting back into this relationship things that are, aren't about us that are just really good for your partner. And, yeah. and you know, I know you do that with Belinda really well. You, you do make sure you... For the gym. Yeah, yeah well, she's always at the gym doing her thing. But that's important for Belinda, isn't it? Yep. You know, and so a relationship is about that. And so, yeah. It's a love show today. <laughs> it's a love show, go. It's a love show. So that's a few tips there. I, th- I think one thing as well is don't lose sport. So, yep. you know, we kind of mentioned this before, but I think the thing is kids change lives. And, you know, like my daughter's 13 now, so Tyler's of an age, which is a, she's a great kid, and she's at a really fun age, and I love this age she's at. And um, it's also a lot easier. Mm. You know, she, she can stay at home by herself now, and she's she's kind of she kind of looks after herself, if you know what I mean. And so, but... When you've got a young kid, it does take energy, but don't let that make you lose oh, the sport. Yeah. You know, you still need, you know, we love sport and movement and all that stuff. And so you need to find goals within this new world you have. And so really reset your goals based on your priorities of, of the child, but also how much time you have. So maybe it is t- time to do some half marathons. Yeah. Just try to do a fast half marathon because that's still a wicked challenge. Six At the moment, I'm doing six to maximum 10 hours training a week. Yeah. And... And that's, yeah, I'm still fit and got goals. And, and the thing is, it's all growth for you. And mm. like marathon training has been, I'm sure it's been a great mm. challenge for you. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, and so. successful. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Greg Fisher, love your high five. And John, your high five. And my two that I added. That's right. Okay, questions yeah. and answers. Or comments and answers as well. Comments and answers, okay, well. Giancarlo, the stallion. Nismblatt. He's already donated to the show before and he's, he's donating again, which is. Amazing, and we liked the book because he donated quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he donated one hundred and forty dollars and sixty cents. It took me a moment. You to didn't get it at first, did you, John? No, I didn't quite get it because I'm a kilometres man. I'm a. I'm, I was expecting two hundred and twenty-six dollars. <laughs> one hundred and forty sixty is great. Although with the, with the transition, I mean, with the currency, yeah. probably was close to two twenty. That's true. So, uh, so he's donated to. Uh, I'm talking. He donated one hundred and forty dollars sixty US, which is bloody amazing, and uh, and he's just saying that he loved the Heather Wirtle interview, but he also wants to lay a challenge. Out so his challenge, the reason he donated that was because he's a newly christened Ironman. He raced in uh, St George. It was the first Ironman, and to do that in recognition of what we do, he donated a dollar for every kilometer, that, for every mile that he raced. We love your work, and he's put that the challenge out to every single <laughs> Ironman Iron listener. listener do the same and you'll get a plug as, uh, and you can actually tell us when you broke your Iron Man virginity and, and that we'll, we'll take we'll accept okay, that ok your Iron Man virginity ok this is from uh, James Anderson I'm currently 18 planning to do my second Iron Man Western Australia later this year I'll be 19 then and my first Iron Man I was planning to finish around 14 oh, I planned to finish he did 14.47 and didn't really train with a set plan just went along a ride every 2 or 3 weeks and rode at U2 Uni and most days to, uh, back I uh, didn't do any long runs. This year I'm hoping to go under 12 hours and I was wondering your thoughts on safely training for it. I've been talking to a guy at my club who's gone sub-9 and is in the process of becoming a coach. He suggested training for it as if I was running 
only 10k and focusing on improving my swimming for the time being. He says doing an Ironman probably is safer than doing a fresh marathon due to the fact that you're fatigued heading into the run, so you probably run pretty slow. Just wondering your thoughts, whereas only the large volumes of running that cause problems for me later in life, or is cycling bad for me too? Is this training that could be detrimental for me later in life? So yeah, I think the, the focus of this question is James is only 18 going on 19 yeah. and worried about whether this long distance training is going to affect his body and that's a great thing about triathlon you've got a spread load yeah. over three disciplines so if you you know it's it's re- it's pretty safe even doing iron distance training um sort of age to, group to age finish, group yeah. level to finish yeah. is is pretty safe um so you know I, I definitely agree with what um the guy in your club has mentioned that you know probably train for it a bit more like it is uh, a 10k race and really i'd say you know, if i was if you came to me for a program, I'd probably say, why don't you focus a bit more on Olympic and half Ironman distance races and just do the Ironman. Sure, you've got to do a few longer sessions for it, but just go through the motions yeah. and, 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 and learn from the event and, and, and a few years down the track, then give it a really serious crack. Yeah. Um, but I agree, you know, the, the run in an Ironman is so different to um, a, marathon. a marathon run. We've heard that from people like Albert have talked about it. It's just, uh, to run and let's be marathon, honest, when you, when you go watch Ironman, 70% of the yeah, you're just cruising. Yeah, sure. You get a lot of muscular fatigue after the race, and and a lot of pain. But um, you are running at pretty low intensities yeah. um, versus what you can do for a fresh one. So, yeah, I'd agree with that advice. Train for the run um, more like it is a 10k. That's still going to mean you're going to do some long runs, but you don't probably need to do the three-hour ones at your age. Um, you know, if you're training properly for a 10k, you'll be doing some hour and a half runs, maybe up to two hours, depending on your athletic background. Um, and I'd suggest you just just go through the event, and go through the motions, but do some longer, some longer brick sessions, some long swims with lot, medium to long rides, and get some endurance in there. And that's a great thing about swimming. Sure, it's not super run specific, but if you do plenty of swimming, like if you swim say five or six times a week, it's yeah. going to get your overall fitness up really yeah. high, so you'll be able to. to that's also having the body ache because you haven't got the impact. Yeah. That said, um, one final point I was going to make is when you actually think about most age groupers and the amount of running they do compared to runners it's bugger all you know oh yeah you know that, that, at the moment for my marathon training i'm doing more running than i've ever done before just because i'm not doing anything else because you know, if you're doing training for an ironman say you do a, a two-hour run maybe have two one other one hour runs and maybe a brick run of 45 minutes it's only you know four hours 45 of so do you wish you now that you're kind of really run fit do you wish you'd ran more for ironman uh, no, it's, it's all it's about the bike. Time, it's it? all about the bike for Ironman for somebody like me. Yeah. Um, so probably, you know, it would have been something good to do during the sort of when I was racing semi-professionally is have some really run-focused periods where I yeah. really got, got up going. But back then it was still very much a swim, bike and run. It was a yep. non-drafting race. So you, you did kind of spread, hedge your mm. bets a bit. Okay, uh, we well, love your work there, good old James. Great name. Uh, Athlinks sponsors, good old athlinks.com. And what they've, they've got some news for us, John. I, I've got an email through. I'd like to announce that we're adding native support tomorrow for cycling to Athlinks. I don't know what the hell native sports. It sounds very it means, bar- means bar- It's really good support. Yeah, native support. <laughs> it's like a wonder bra. So we currently have support things like time. We currently support things like time trials, but we've always had limitations with criteriums yep. and non-time based events. So, yep. for instance, a crit might show a final time for a top rider, but only the placements for everyone yep. after that, in addition to laps back for those who were lapped at any one point in the race. We will now support that. Wow. So, also as a part of this, we'll be supporting 
um, support adding teams to a list of results. So if you race for a cycling team or participate in a try for a sponsored or a club team, and it's listed in the results, that will show oh, up in the results. Great. So we'll do that as well. Obviously, you'll have to have your name, I guess, listed yeah. in that result yeah. so they can they can pull that in. But uh, another great initiative from Athlinks. Which is a big field because cycling's a big field. And you know, and the good thing you know for us is that most of us end up doing cycle racing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll do your local kind of big ride and, and maybe you know local cycle club racing as well, which is a real good way to improve cycling. So, but but it's a great resource. Like when earlier, Bevan and I were just going on Athlinks to try to find out about the um, good old uh, Lisa Barry, which is not on Athlinks. So smack uh, Jared, make sure you go and smack her bottom and tell her to get on Athlinks. <laughs> get up, John. It's a love show, Bevan. <laughs> it's a love. It's the loving show, so, John. So, and that's a great resource. You know, if you're trying to find out about a mate oh, I want to kick his ass at this race coming up you can go on there and you can find the results so it's 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 a very useful resource for just storing all your results in one place do you know Brian Hadley Brian Handy he's in our tri club and he's uh, also I don't know if he's running this weekend but he's been running fairly regularly and he's a bloody good man at helping out Oh, he's one of those guys. He's been really good. He's put his hand up for organising some teams, and uh, he's been out there timing as well, yet he's still running as well. Oh, that's really good, eh? Because you need people like that in the sport. And to be honest, I'm not that guy. I did once. Okay, let's go through this week's runners. We've got Alex Mutton. Whoa, how do you take one, John? Mutton Fearing. Mutton Fearing. He's doing the Boulder... Oh, the Boulder Boulder. Boulder Boulder. Okay. We'll just get down to the one that matters, Bevan. No, no. Keep going. Scrolling down. Keep going. Giancarlo, the stallion, Nisenblatt. Nice! Uh, capital of Texas Triathlon. Tim Tansley is doing... Oh, how do you say that one, John? The... Oh, that must be in Wales, I'm sure. Okay. The Minford Muth. The Minford Muth. Sean uh, Gerides is doing the Heart of a Valley Triathlon. And Lee is doing Hawaii 70.3, John. But it's not on Wednesday. It's on oh. Saturday. Why is that coming on Wednesday? Oh, oh, who else is doing it? Peter McLeod, uh, David Levy, Sean Sutherland, uh, Frank Duck. That's a great name. Uh, Jim Sorden. Murray, uh, Simon Murray is doing the Blenheim Triathlon, but not Blenheim in New Zealand. Drew, how does that one? Drew Ziegler. Ziegler. He's doing a Coliseum rocket. I'm sure he's, uh, he's got a nickname. Uh, he's got a nickname. Didn't I call him um, Boogie Knights, I think? I think you did, actually, John, because there's a porn star name. Why is the SBS Marathon not up there? Oh, uh, John. So the important one's actually not on there. Anyway. Okay. So, anyway. We're just doing it because we're actually, as much as we're doing a short show, we're actually a little bit too short. <laughs> so, anyway, so, athlinks.com, store all your races in there, and if you want your name mentioned, make sure you get them into your diary as well, and then they pop up on our show and you can see what um, on our page and you can see what other yeah, and we'll make sure we say your listeners you can get in oh Bevan oh my god <laughs> stop OMG stop. so we've just gone to Coffees of Hawaii and every week they seem to bring new innovations to the world and this week they've brought some pretty amazing new innovations chocolate covered beans three new savoury sweet to enjoy with your coffee spend $40 or more and receive six ounce grab bag of assorted chocolate covered chocolate uh, coffee beans sample from milk chocolate dark chocolate or cappuccino white chocolate and find your favourite chocolate I love chocolate covered things oh. <laughs> oh, just, it's not that kind of love show okay sorry well, you said it was oh, maybe it is then okay um, chocolate covered things so do I yes so do tasty. I tasty oh tasty yes do you, what's your favourite chocolate uh, I, I really like um, Whitaker's oh do you yeah why it just tastes more natural than uh, Cadbury's and all that. Just Cadbury's. Do you like Hershey's? I don't no, like Hershey's kiss. No. No. Okay, really? no. 
I am partial to a little bit of white chocolate. The white chocolate's nice. Have you tried the bubbly? That's yeah, we had that the other day. Rubbish. Oh, I don't like Rubbish. it. Rubbish. Oh. It's a bit synthetic. I mean, it's sure it's edible. Yeah, it's a bit, <laughs> bit synthetic. Oh, so, yeah, okay. So, the copies well, of wine. If you like chocolate, it. it's a no-brainer, isn't it, John? It's a no-brainer. So when you go there, you order your coffee, you spend $40 on coffee, which is bugger all because you can get lots of coffee to last you for a long period of time. You get three six-ounce grab-a-bag of assorted chocolate. And where that's good is that's when you're having a date and you come back because you want the passion at the end of the date. Yeah. You see what I'm thinking, John? So yeah. it's a love show. So you go out on a date and, you know, you take them to the movies. You might take them to Iron Man 2 or Prince of Persia. Yeah. Probably I wouldn't because I'd take right. them to a deep movie, single yeah. man myself. But and, and, and you take them there and you go afterwards. And you could say you just go to a cafe. But if, you, if you're trying to line up the pash, if you don't want the pash, you're going to say, let's just go home. Give them tangy fruits. You give them tangy fruits. <laughs> but you want to get the old pash. You say, oh, I should come back to my house. I've got coffees in Hawaii. Yeah. And then when you get there, you make the coffee, you, you put a bit of effort in. Because you, you're not going to be sleepy all night long, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting your energy up as well. It's perfect planning, John. And then what you do is you make the coffee and you have to do the whole proper coffee stuff. So they think it's sophisticated. You've so done you, this before, baby. You, you've done this oh, before. I tell you, it's a great strategy. And then what you do is you put it on, and then you just grab a few little coffee beans with the sugar presentation, and the chocolate presentation. around the plate, mm. maybe in a love heart. Mm. <laughs> no, not first date. Yeah. Don't want to say I love you no. on a first date. No. And then you just lay it out, and they think, oh, this guy's getting the pash tonight. Passion and passion. Game on. So you new guys who are single right now, get on. Coffee's of all right. Remember, go through our I Am Talk page, and you'll Find get take, specials. go through there, and you get all your discount codes and what have you. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, pashing time, John. Who was your first pash? How old were you when you first pashed? Because I think my daughter's pashing. Yeah, yeah, I would have been pashing at 13. Yeah. Probably pretty round about then. Maybe it was primary school. She had a, she had a 13th party on Saturday yeah. night. Yeah. 16 kids. Yeah. Boys, girls. Girls only stayed the night. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pretty sure some pashing probably happened. Slightly concerning. Slightly concerning. Slightly concerning. After high school, it's a whole new world. I know, we're going to high school tomorrow, actually. We're doing that, the check out the high school thing. Yeah. That's why I couldn't do the show tomorrow. I know. <laughs> I was a little tied up myself. Okay, so, uh, sponsors? Athlinks.com. Um, for, honestly, if you're doing cycling, get your club involved, because it's a really great way to see what everyone's up to. And coffeesofhawaii.com. And coffeesofhawaii.com, because if you want to pash, get the coffee, look sophisticated, coffee. deliver with the chocolate. Okay, John. I know we're doing a shorter show, but we've got to get to an hour, so we're going to talk for seven minutes. We've got lots to talk about. Okay, so John, what's happening off your week? We've got a question for you, Bevan. Oh, you've got a question for me? Did you hug a ginga? No, I'm actually against it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it's... So in New Zealand recently, we've had this big... um, We have the Edge radio station, which is kind of like your shock jock radio station, where they try to do things that are controversial um, and, and, you know, to get... Get years to the station, and they have this thing called Hugger Ginger, and Hugger big news. Ginger Ginger is basically a redhead person, and it's, and it's kind of an offensive term for a redhead. Oh. It's, come on, come on. Do you think it's meant to be nice? It's I don't know. I, I can see both. If so Thomas can... was if Thomas was redhead, would you like people calling him Ginger? We, we, we would just get rid of him. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking for crying out loud. <laughs> no, I can see both sides of the argument. No, I think it's weak because I think that my situation is that as a public broadcaster, you have a responsibility, mm-hmm. and and you know, and, and these roles that we're in, you know, because mm-hmm. we're so so public and famous, yes. that there is a responsibility that comes with these roles, and I don't have a problem with the fact they do it, but I have a problem that they play naivety and say that, that it doesn't harm anyone. Oh yeah, yeah, that's where I have an issue. Hey, if you're going to do it. Cool, but you know it's going to hurt people. And to get there in the public and say, well, you know what? It doesn't hurt anyone. We're trying to be nice. 
it's worth whatever. Kids are going to get harmed from it. But the fun, what made that whole big issue was the guy who. Oh came yeah, he was on, a bit OTT. Yeah, <laughs> it's a guy who came on one of our. He was defending it from the, the redhead side, and he was a father, and he was very passionate, but he just didn't shut up. No. And he heard, his, he heard his own argument, didn't he? He was a yeah. nice girl. But for me, it was just that the intent is not as good world as they make out and if they got on TV and said look we know it hurts people but hey we're having a bit of fun yeah. cool but they got on TV and said oh no we're just trying to be positive when they knew their behaviour was yeah. a little bit malicious so I that's where I struggled okay John but other than that Sharpathon time of the weekend that was pretty entertaining for me did my little 5k Sharpathon oh that's okay so Sharpathon tell me yeah, about that. it so the, t- the t- plan was I'm going to run 16.30 and I'm not going any faster I don't I'm, I'm, you're not going to get caught up you're a wise athlete John you've been racing for years yeah. only an idiot would go crazy so I'm thinking I'm in about 16 minute flat sort of shape. Yep. I'm running 16.30. Just going to cruise. Hey, big race next weekend. What time do you think I did? 15.48. No. 16.31. Oh, well done. Bang on. Bang on. And, uh... Actually, I'll be disappointed you're one second over. <laughs> yeah. And I was two seconds off getting my name in the paper, and that happened. Coming what do you mean in, getting your name in the paper? Oh, they put the top six in the paper. Oh, no. I wasn't bothered about because coming down... The, sure you weren't. That's why you brought it up. No, no. It was, I was coming down the uh, in the last 500 metres and had Andrew Black sitting right behind me. He goes, this guy's coming up behind us. And I said... I don't care. I'm running 16:30, so I got passed by like three people in the last oh, uh, 150 meters, yeah. which I was cool with. Did Andrew Black pass you? He did because one guy come past and he said, ah, and he just ran past. And is he doing a marathon as well? He's doing the half. Oh, he's he was under forward. strict instructions not to run any harder. Okay. Um, but he ran a big PB. 16:30 was a big PB for him. Okay. Uh, and did he get in the paper? He didn't. He missed out by one spot. But if he'd if he'd gone a bit earlier, and he, not, he, he would have been good in the paper. But smart me, tell, tell think, him no, thinking man. So I finished, I think... You got in the photo? Got a spot price. Oh, I had to get a second, second race in a row, I've got a spot price. Some socks. Take home for Belinda. I go, I don't want the guy's socks, I want the girl's socks. Oh, see, see what John's doing here? We were talking about in the show earlier. Putting other people first. That goes in her emotional bank, John. That's right. See, you're a thinker. A big bank. I know, I need to Tell Andrew, if he wants to get in the paper, just talk to me. I'm a columnist. I'll put his name in the paper. I said, I know this guy called Andrew. Yep. Yeah, I'll do that. Because that was my 5K, and it was okay, John, bang on. But, but more importantly, you've sharpened up. You've, yeah. you've, you've worried about the redheads in the world. Yeah. This weekend is probably your biggest race of the year. Yes. Of 2010. This is what you're going to remember 2010 by. You're quietly confident. You'll be talking it up. You're, Swanee's going down. Swanee's going down. <laughs> you know, Black, you're going to even pass him. He's only doing he's a half. Yeah. yeah. You know, so what's going to happen, John? Going out in one Wait a second. Wait a second. You Weather put, forecast. Weather forecast oh, is no. looking. No, it's, it's Sunday. It's Saturday. Yeah, the race is Sunday. But okay, so but it's looking like it may be okay. No, it's looking. It's forecast is fifteen degrees, clear and sunny. Oh, good stuff. What does that mean there? Uh, that's just to do with my printer. Okay. okay. Um, so the forecast is looking good. I'm prepared. It's potentially probably change. Forecast is looking good. I'm going out in one eighteen. Who knows what's going to happen in the second half? But I'm going out in one eighteen. What if eighteen one eighteen feels hard? I'll just keep going. So John, now, now, now you have whisked out a little bit. You mean I've whisked out? Because you talked a big game and you've whisked out. Because he talked a big walk-run strategy. Are you going to do it? No, I'm going to do that See? in the second race. Yeah, you, you wussed out. Why did you wuss out? I have not... You don't trust it, do you? No, I've not trained it enough. No, he doesn't And I have not it. got enough speed in my legs to run fast enough. So That's you don't why. think that you can go fast enough in the, the time in between where you lose the minute? No, I've got to go too fast. Well, I, so I don't, I don't know. So on, on the theory? So th- I am going to go and run this one fresh. So, what is I want to go so what, what's your case fits for this one? I've got to run 342s. 342s to yeah. do a, a, a 
235. Yeah. Okay, and so if you're doing, what were the case splits based probably on? probably have to run about 336, 337. Oh, that's a little bit faster. It's quite a bit quicker. So yeah. I'm just a bit unsure, and so I'm just going to take the... Because you want to make sure you beat Albert, don't you? Yes, you don't want to have to run like a 34-minute last 10K just yeah. to get time. So I'm going to run this one probably straight. I may that's what I do last have 10-second, um, or no, I may have breaks at 10K marks when I have my gel. Um, so I may have a walk there and I've factored that in. Um, but outside of that, I'm planning on running the whole way and I'm going through halfway. You can be standing there with your little bloody stopwatch. I'll, I'll be on the stopwatch because I've got my rest team doing it. But I'll be there. I'll be going, go, John! Yeah, I'll be through there halfway, 118. They've got, they've got the clock halfway, so you don't need a stopwatch. this clock as well. Oh, okay. This is God, this clock. Okay. Um, it's, it's a Polar RX 800, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you know what? Polar, I don't like them. And it's the SBS Christchurch Hub. <laughs> Did you get a free just, just, It's the SBS, which is Great New Zealand Bank. <laughs> Do you pay for it? Do you pay for that watch? Look, did you pay for those I shoes? I don't take advantage of my socks? situation. Did you, did, you, did you pay for the entry? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's the SBS Marathon in Christchurch, and it's looking good. You are feeling good. I'm not overconfident. I know it's going to be one hell of a battle in the second half. So you think this is, that's the right goal? It's going to be I a good think day it's to appropriate. Yeah. Bad day. My endurance is my endurance is the issue. I have not done. You know, as I said, I've only been doing six to ten hours maximum training a week. Which is not enough. Yep. I appreciate that, but I still think I'm capable of doing. This. So I'm going I'm, I'm to do Melbourne, Wanaka, and maybe Christchurch. But maybe, what's an earlier one? Sorry, what's an earlier one? I could do Puller. Puller's February. But that's a slow marathon, isn't it? It's a fast half marathon, a slow marathon. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's slow. You run downhill. I think you probably. Yeah, I think it's oh, okay. Yeah. So it's fast. I'm going to do three marathons in eight months. Right. And then try to get one fast one in there. That's nice. my strategy. Hopefully nice. it's Wanaka. Uh, um, okay. Well, good luck this weekend, John. Uh, Lots of other things going on, but we're up to 59 minutes, so we won't worry about that. What about me? And what, I was just about to say, what, what about what, what, you? Quickly, what are things? That was, uh, no, no, Thomas is starting preschool next oh, week. Oh, that's very big. very exciting. It is big. And I had a few other things, but I want to go to bed. <laughs> so it's only 9.30, John. <laughs> only uh, 9.30. I'm going to talk for half an hour. Yeah. Um, what is happening in your life? Well, even? a couple of big things are happening. John, first of all, my daughter's 13. She had her first patch on the weekend. I don't know for a fact, but yeah. I'm sure she's probably listening right now, and I'm going to be in trouble in a minute, so that's all good. But... Uh, tomorrow we're going to check out the high school. Nice. Cashmere High School. Cashmere High School. Good respectable school in the area. It's pretty much your only choice. That is. And uh, but luckily we live in a good area, John. We do. We don't live in the hood. Mm-hmm. Not not in hoodlums. So right. that should be pretty cool. Slightly concerned because my daughter goes to me today, Dad. I'm going because I said, look, we're going at four. Because she asked them much of our friends after school. I said, look, you have to be home by quarter to four. She goes, oh no, Dad, I'll be getting home at past three because I want to straighten my hair before I go. I'm like, well, why would you want to do that? <laughs> and obviously, she wants to look good for the boys That's already. Right. So, slightly concerned about that. Another big news, John. The boys are starting to play Sunday Night Risk. Is that the online version you talked about that already? Yeah, but last night, we did it. Uh, and, well, we really wouldn't do it, but we kind of started it. So, Slam I Am yeah. is in Brisbane. Yeah. Sean O' the Porno is now in Melbourne. Yeah. Fraser, Up Dog. Yeah. Have you had Up Dog in your house? No. Up Dog. No. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I just don't get it. Right. <laughs> Just carry on. Okay. Up top? <laughs> Don't worry. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, up top, why? Is that there as well? Howard and myself. All around the world, playing Risk around the world. Now, last night I did go down twice. Yeah. But I'm going to be a champion next week. All right. Okay. You, you, if you play, if you want. You. Can you play Risk? Mm, don't think so oh, okay. no, So that's pretty exciting as well Other than that John um, I'm going to be there on race day Because I've got my, my running group 
running, which is really good, and I'll be supporting can you, John. Can pace me through because you know, you know what it's like when you come through halfway. I'm going to be all by myself all of a sudden. You could run a few k with me. Well, the problem is, you guys aren't going to be finishing for uh, ten minutes after me. Oh, that's what mine will be. Yeah, close to five mm. minutes probably. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could be there in your second lap because that second yeah. lap's lonely. <laughs> it's lonely, John. John, it's lonely. Honestly, seriously. Like last year, you think I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right, got people around me, great, great. And then you just go past halfway, and it's like, it's like have you seen that movie um, I Am Legend with Will Smith? When the you know world, I don't watch movies. The world no longer exists, John. Yeah. People don't exist anymore. You're just, you're alone, and there's nobody on the streets, no one's cheering you on. But I love that stuff. That's what. You know, things like Challenge Wanaka when the first show I do, there's only like 100 people yeah. on it. I'm by myself. That's when I get... Well, you're going to love this show because it's very lonely. That's when I'm in you're my lonely. element. You're a lonely soul, but that's okay. The course is going down. Okay, then. Um, it's our show. It is our show. We got to an hour, too, so back to normal time. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.